0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Elevens Podcast. I'm
1: Jude. I'm Ben. And in this episode of the Elevens Podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, five cars each. uh, So I guess 10 cars. (laughs) Math. (laughs) Uh, That don't deserve the hate. Um, So we've developed a couple of lists. But before we get into it, um, we've been on a little bit of a break. Uh, Jude was on vacation. It was my fault. I'm sorry. It took a week off. I did. How was your vacation? Was it was it, it good? It was fine. We didn't go
0: anywhere. Yeah. We were going to go chasing waterfalls in upstate New York, but turns out the waterfalls were closed for the season. Oh no. So, yeah. <laughs> so like we just stayed home. We did a couple day trips. Um, you know, did a day in Boston and, you know. So, it's just I got a lot of stuff done, so it was like productive. But then at the end of the week, I'm like, "Huh. That, that didn't really feel like vacation <laughs> at all, you know." <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of work too, just like checking in on um, some stuff, just through phone and email, and that was about it. But you know, that was only here and there. It was it was nice to like not be here yeah. for a week because I haven't had more than a single day off really, <laughs> like you know, since I started. So that was cool. Yeah. But yeah, Th- next time I'll go someplace. You we'll actually go somewhere.
1: You should. Yeah.
0: I might go next month.
1: Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool.
0: we'll see we'll see if it works out
1: nice yeah um, well for the time being we're back we might take another break when jude goes on vacation again but um in this episode like i said before we are talking about 10 cars that we believe um get a little too much hate and there's something you know too much hate not enough love glass yeah. half empty half full type right. of thing right yeah. exactly yeah so um i've got a couple of cars here jude did you want to kick us off Sure. Yeah. Um, what was the first thing that came to mind for you? So the first car
0: that came to mind is going to be the last car I'm going to talk about.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
0: The second car that came to mind is the first one I'm going to talk about. I'm gonna. I'm trying to do these in like somewhat order in like a way that makes sense this time instead of just like random. But hopefully it's easier to follow this way. Um, one car that like came to mind very easily uh, is the first one that I'm going to talk about. Um, It's a Japanese car from a Japanese car maker that really didn't get the love that I think it deserves. It's a problem car, which is why, you know, it wasn't really loved and a lot of people hate it. Um, but, so the first one uh, I'm going to talk about is the Mazda RX-8. Okay. That's a good one. You know I like it. Yep. I, every now and then I pull up the used car listings on Facebook Marketplace and I look for one. Um... It's it's the car's a problem because it's the successor to the RX seven, right? So anytime the sequel comes out and it's not anywhere as good as the first one, you know everybody hates it. Yeah. Um, didn't make as much power as you know like a fully spec RX seven. Um, what was it? 189 horsepower in the automatic, 238 horsepower in the manual in the RX eight. Uh, it's Mazda's 1.3 liter Renesis rotary engine, so it was like the next evolution of the rotary from the RX-7, so more advanced, blah blah blah. Um, but just horrible reliability, it burns oil like you oil like you wouldn't believe because it's a rotary. But those engines would just explode all the yep. time. Yep. Um, I feel weird calling it an engine because it's like this cute little tiny 1.3 it's so liter, strange. like Dorito, right? Because yes. <laughs> you know the thing. Dorito motor. Yeah. yeah Dorito motor um but it handles amazing every single one i've driven over the years every time i've gotten in one i'm just like i love this car so much it handles so well and because nobody likes it and i think this is going to be a common trend like throughout this conversation on today's episode they're so cheap you can get one for so cheap in fact uh, as i've been doing research over time on the rx8 um and other people have said this too, so this is not an original idea by any means, but you can you should probably buy an RX8 that's already exploded and pay someone to just build you and your rotary and then you basically have a brand new car. The handle is amazing, you know. I remember watching a YouTube video back when YouTube was 360p of uh, potato in, camera. Yeah, quality. potato. In Japan, they were racing on a track, a Nissan 350Z, which has way more power than an an, an RX-8. Nissan off the line, super fast, it got a big lead, but then as time went on, the RX-8 caught up and caught up and caught up and ended up passing the Nissan just because they handle so well. Really? They're so good in corners. Um, Mazda really nailed it. I kind of like the weird quirky interior. It's got circles and Doritos all throughout it just to remind you that, hey, it's a rotary. <laughs> um, as if you're not going to tell all your friends and literally everybody that you meet, hey, it's a rotary. Um, I'll i think remind
1: that, you when it blows up. <laughs> it will. It's like, <laughs> oh,
0: man, what happened to your car? It's a rotary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, it got hate because it wasn't as good as the RX-7. But it was also positioned differently, too. It was supposed to be way more accessible. Way more updated. They did have a bunch of um, special editions. Um, they refreshed the car halfway through um, in 2008. And they just cleaned up the design. They made it look more modern. I think they made a lot of um, improvements with reliability too. So that that definitely helped. But um, yeah, I think the one that I would get would be like a Shinka edition. Had like a body kit and like an orange interior. It's cool. Hmm. I Yeah. If, if you don't know what that looks like, I, I highly recommend you look it up. But yeah, so that's my first one, Mazda RXA. Yeah, 8 What, do, what are your thoughts?
1: It's it's kind of a funky one, right? Like it's it's a coupe, it's a sports car, but it's also like a a Rolls Royce because it's got the the suicide, suicide doors. Don't even talk about the suicide yeah, doors. Yeah, that's like you're out, right. it's The only car outside of Rolls Royce that I can think of, except now there's the Persign Way, but um, that uh, has Hyundai Veloster doors. has a suicide door.
0: The Hyundai Veloster has one suicide door.
1: That's not a suicide door. Yeah, it is? No, it's not. It's It opens like a regular door, but no, it's only got it one of them. No, I, it doesn't. I'm confident that it's not a suicide door are we, we're looking this up right now nope my laptop died oh no <laughs> <laughs> the, the hyundai Veloster has a suicide door
0: i know it has one door on one side which is really weird yeah and the only way that you could do it is for it to be a suicide door
1: no because the door handle is where the back window should be
0: wait are you oh my god did you out kdm you out kdm'd me i did oh i told you and I'm the one who loves Korean cars too. <laughs> Shoot, man! Yeah, I love
1: Korean cars too.
0: You are right. Yep. I'm so disappointed that it's not a suicide door no, now. I thought know, it was.
1: You know, I was on a, a Veloster uh, kick for Vol- a while. Veloster Raptor. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I you're right. It, yep.
0: oh, I'm so. Oh man, I'm so disappointed now. <laughs>
1: shoot but okay. anyway, anyway Back regard rx8 um that's this such is a tr- quirky thing to have
0: on a this is going to be the most unhinged podcast <laughs> we've ever done anyway
1: um yeah definitely quirky doors like who thought I, I don't know i mean it's a great idea and it's very practical you said you've driven a few is yeah. is the back seat space okay no no not at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's okay for it's better than a portion on 11 and I feel like that's going to always be my example of, like, a back seat that's just completely pointless. Yeah. Like, Porsche. <laughs> Porsche's made, like, cha- children's, like, baby car seats specifically for the back seat of the Porsche 911 just because you can't fit of normals. I think that shows you that, okay, that back backseat's useful. Yeah. Useless, rather. Yeah. So it might as well be a two-seater. Anyway. Right. Um, it's better than that, but it's not as good as, you know, I, I think the... I think a really good example of a coupe with a good back seat would be a Maserati um, Gran Turismo because okay. it's such a long wheelbase and it does have decent room in the back. Yep, because it's a Quattroporte <laughs> ultimately. Um, but eh, back seat's okay. So doors are cool. Yeah, whether you use the back seats or not. But that's just one more talking point when you're trying to explain your car to your friends. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah, how does it, it.
1: Um, how does it drive with like power delivery? I've never driven a rotary powered car before. You have to wind it up.
0: It, it's got a really high red line. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Those
1: aren't turbocharged, are they?
0: No, and that's the problem. Like the, the RX-7, you could get an RX-7 turbocharged, and that's how they made such monster power. Yeah. Um, and people would like you know put big turbos in them and do all kinds of stuff. Um, but the RX8 was non turbo and there was a lot of um you know speculation over the life cycle of the car like okay are they going to actually put out a high performance turbo and they just never did hmm. um it wasn't a fast car but it made up for it in in handling really um so that's that was the it, it again it, it it was part of it was like mi- they mismanaged the marketing too because they kind of like marketed it as the successor to the rx7 i mean it's in the name yeah right yeah so there's that and it just never ever made as much power. I, I don't even know if anybody but bo- like bothered like turbocharging them or doing anything like that aftermarket i can't think of one i mean it could be wrong but you know it's just know.
1: not like a popular car like it, not it's not at all yeah people don't really think of it and in- you know, you see one, I, I don't remember the last time I saw one, honestly.
0: I don't know. Uh, um, so I just looked this up, and the Mazda RX 8 red line for the automatic was 7,500 RPM mm-hmm. for the automatic. Do you want to guess what it was for the manual?
1: I think, so I remember seeing the Top Gear review yeah. with Jeremy Clarkson. Was it 9,000? It was 9,000. 9,000 RPM in, it a was that Dragon that Ball Z. in a car that anybody could buy. Power
0: level over 9,000. <laughs> So good, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I remember um, some people were like, "Why is it only $9,000 Because you you could like it's a rotary, you can go to infinity and beyond with those.
1: Um, yeah, I guess so.
0: I don't know. I, I I just always will have a soft spot for them. I'm gonna own one one day. Yeah, I will. Because they're so cheap, they and are, one day yeah. I'm just gonna have like ten grand burning a hole in my pocket, and I'll be like, man, I, you know, this is the day I'm gonna go get an RX-8 <laughs> I'll buy one for two grand <laughs> that's, <laughs> been, that's exploded yeah. and pay somebody to put a new motor in it and, you know, restore the car and end up like eight,
1: nine, ten grand, something like that. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's a good car. I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's a Mazda. Mazda's just weird anyway. Not, in a good way. Like, they do quirky things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's, uh, what's your first one?
1: Um, first car that I thought of was the, not new anymore, but newest generation bmw m3 m4 of course yeah yeah i mean we all know when that first came out it got so much hate for those (laughs) bucktooth kidney grills kidneys the kidney grills are now the size of like a torso it's not a kidney anymore um pig nose yeah yeah but as with all new car design most people have just kind of gotten over it at this point i feel like the bmw purists still hate it I don't. I still don't think it's pretty, but I don't think it looks bad either. Um, and like the other thing is too, it's still a great car. It's an amazing car. It does a lot of things really, really well. It's comfortable. You've got great materials inside. It's, it's you know the BMW M3 has always been the benchmark for the sports sedan category, and it still is. I mean, you know, think about all the other cars that. Are competing with it? You've got what the C sixty three. Yep. Um, we don't get the RS four here. No. Uh, Quadrifoglio. Yeah, the Julia Quadrifoglio Alfa, Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is competing? Um, I mean, even
0: like the Korean stuff, the G seventy, the Stinger. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think of uh, Jaguar for a little while with the Xe, but not really. You know. Yeah. But that, yeah, to your point, that's always been the benchmark.
1: That's what everybody tests their their performance sedan against. And I think objectively, I don't know if you would agree with this, I'm thinking it's objective. I think it does the most things well of all the cars that it that compete with it. I wouldn't buy one over some
0: of the competition, but I agree with you. Yeah. Objectively. Yeah.
1: Well, that's yeah. that's the other thing too. With this list is like it's not these aren't all cars that I'm like advocating for because I love. I'm just yeah. saying like you know, they get too much flack for what yeah, they and
0: that, Yeah, that's the whole point of this conversation. Yeah. yeah to your,
1: exactly. Um,
0: I think it helps. Everybody who hates the new M4 front end needs to see one Yeah, in person. Because it's easy to see pictures of it and say, Ew, that looks gross. Seeing it in person, you get over it pretty quickly. And then after you actually drive it, you don't care anymore, I think.
1: Yeah. Could, because it does drive really, really well. It does drive really well. I think, um, I'll, I'll be honest, Like I, I drove it and I didn't fall in love. Like we, we had an M4 here. It wasn't a competition, so I had a stick shift. I didn't fall in love with it, um, but I still thought it was a great car. Yeah. Um, plenty of power, plenty of torque.
0: Yeah. Um, the last one I took out was an automatic M4 comp, uh, the convertible. Okay, yeah. And Brooklyn Gray. It was just a really nice spec. I, I sold it a few weeks ago now. Um, a great car. Great car to drive. Yeah. And you can get one in an automatic and kind of just cruise along. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can get one in a manual and go through the gears and
1: have a lot of fun. I think I would have an auto, which... And that really, yeah. Would? It, for that car, I think I think the auto suits it better. And that was another thing that people really had a bad reaction to with that car. Yeah, is they went they took a step back from the dual clutch. And yeah, the ZF eight speed slushbox. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still like plenty snappy. It is so Z, ZF does a really good job. I've never really complained about a ZF transmission. Yeah, the really. true you know track people will kind of complain a little bit, which I get. You know, of, of course, the dual clutch is going to be more snappy than a than a ZF the true track people should just buy an m2 yeah
0: so yeah. you know it's just the way that bmw's gone you know the direction that they've chosen for their models now right. over the years i mean you just have to kind of deal with it and if you want a lightweight bmw short wheelbase to toss around just buy an m2 like we've talked about before right you know, but yeah. i think that's a really good choice and yeah. You know, it's one of those cars that comes to mind pretty quickly. Like when you're asked the question, like what car gets a little too much hate, more hate than it deserves, you know?
1: Yeah. Controversial is the word. Yeah, it is.
0: But I'm I'm good with it. Yeah. Because I had that reaction too when I first saw pictures of it. It It's like, why would they do that? It's awful. And it kind of is. (laughs) But then you see it in person. You're like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, you drive it and you literally don't care anymore.
1: There was one that drove by our dealership. Like, less than an hour ago, in Isle of Man Green, it's my favorite color that they offer that was on, that, really good. on that car. Yeah. And I definitely prefer the, the M3 shape over the M4. Sure. But it's, it's a good car. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And for the record, I'm not saying that I agree with BMW's design language at the moment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's still a good car.
0: I don't understand what they're doing. I don't know anybody does. I don't either. BMW people, if you if you're a BMW enthusiast, like, are you happy? Like, if you're listening to this podcast, can you tell us? Can you message us or something on Instagram? Like, can you tell us that yes, you, I like the new design direction? I like
1: kidney grills the size of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I like bad proportions. Um, I don't know. They got rid of the. Um, that was the other thing too that I, I'm very against. They got rid of the Hofmeister kink. Do you know what that is? The what? The Hoffmeister kink. <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> so it's the... It's uh, not that kind of podcast. It's a, <laughs> um, it's a design term for BMW, and it, it was came from, I forget his first name, but somebody, something Hoffmeister. Um, and I it's, hope so. It's the... the So there's the A pillar and the C pillar is the, the, the rear of the car, right? Right. Um, it comes back and then comes forward. Yeah. That's the Hoffmeister kink. Oh, and on the M four, oh. it doesn't do that. They got rid of it.
0: That's right. So it's more of a, like a traditional C pillar. It's like a, uh, it's like
1: an iconic BMW. It's part of the shape. Yeah, and they got rid of it. It's that that would be kind of like you know how the 911's rear window kind of comes back and yep. around. Yeah, it'd be like changing that. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Man, I didn't even
1: notice. I didn't even think about
0: that. Yeah, it's kind of a trademark thing for them. I know. Does the M two have a Hoffmeister kink?
1: Uh, the Yeah, I think it does. Okay, so they so. want you to buy an M2? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been saying the M2 is kind of really the... It's the one to get, Yeah, you know, but... but anyway. Good. So, cool. Yeah. What do you got next? Next,
0: um, we're taking a trip from Germany uh, through France and across the channel to the UK because it's time to talk about the Jaguar
1: X-Type. Oh, boy
0: jaguar um, (laughs) x-type slash s-type because they're you know same generation same time both hated Mm -hmm. Um, i think the big criticism of both of those cars the x-type s-type so the the, was that that was when ford took over sorry what era is this this is early 2000s late 90s early 2000s you know that that generation of of jaguar So, this really didn't affect the XJ nearly as much, because they still had the XJ, the big one, Mm -hmm. Um, but the X-Type was supposed to be the entry-level 3-series competitor um, built on the Ford Mondeo platform, which everybody here called a British Taurus. Mm Mm-hmm. Because essentially, it was a Ford Taurus. People
1: over there love the Mondeo.
0: Love the Mondeo. If you've ever watched Top Gear ever in your life, you've at least heard about the Ford Mondeo (laughs) at least once. Um, I think the X Type was a really good, solid car. Really good, solid car. Because you have to ask, like, what was it for? It was accessible luxury, so almost an almost premium car with some nice materials, and it drove well. You could get it in a wagon. You were looking for one for a little bit. I can't say no to a wagon. You can get (laughs) it in in British green with a a tan interior in a wagon. I mean, in a manual. Like, come on. In a manual. In a manual. Um, The S-Type was cool because um, they had an R version of it that was a V8. And, you know, I think it only made 300 horsepower. But that was a lot for the time, for early 2000s. I mean, you have to think, like, they developed the car in the late 90s. Um, that that was also a good car. I'm kind of grouping these two together because they're very very similar. Um, so yeah, I, I would be totally happy driving. Like if I found an X-type that was clean or even an S-type that was clean and, and and drove it. It's a lot of old man stuff on the interior. So a lot of that Jaguar wood, the J gate shifter. I think the car's are totally underrated. Like, if people get over that stigma of, like, oh, it's a, it's a British Ford Taurus, like, just pretend that isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Just ignore that for a second and look at the car objectively. They're really good. What's, they really so are. So,
1: what's the difference between the X and S?
0: The X-Type was the compact entry-level sedan. So, think of it like a 3 Series or a C-Class. The S type was more of an executive class, so like think of it like uh, a Mercedes E class or a BMW Five Series, okay? Uh, Audi A six, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? So bigger. Um, The X type you can get an all wheel drive. The S type was rear wheel drive only. Mm -hmm. That's that's cool. That's fun. But that's also partly why it didn't do so well here in North America, you know, because people here who buy a German car they want all wheel drive. Most people don't need it, but you know, even so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're interesting cars. They don't look like anything else. And they're, it's not a Ford. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like, I can't emphasize that enough. Just, like, don't call it a Ford. It isn't a Ford. It is, but it isn't. Yeah, It's different enough. It doesn't look like a Taurus. It doesn't drive like a Taurus. Maybe the window switches from a Taurus. But let's pretend like it's not a Taurus. Come right.
1: on. It's interesting you bring that car up. It's... It's kind of a forgotten car, like nobody really thinks of them anymore. Right, exactly. And um, what comes to mind now is the new generation of Jaguars with the XE. Sure. I feel like that's kind of a similar story. Maybe it's not as good of a car, I don't really know much about it. Um, But I know that was supposed to be a 3 Series competitor. Yeah. And it's just kind of didn't work out. I think they're good looking cars. Yeah, I, I mean they all look the same.
0: Like, what's the difference between an XE and an XF, um, really? Once Size. Longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the XJ has its own presence, which, yeah. you know, I, I love. Um, I drove an XE once when it first came out. Uh, it was a rear-wheel drive. It was a V6. It was a 3.5 liter. Um, I liked it. It was really good. But, you know, the question is, like, why would you buy one of those when you can have a 3 Series for th- similar money? And most right. people just pick the 3 Series right you know that's the problem
1: less questionable reliability sure maybe better build quality
0: um no I I mean that's a like build quality in what way though you know what I mean the materials are kind of I don't think BMW ever made good interiors until literally just now for their even for their time yeah you know they were yeah, that's, that's plasticky alley. they were kind of chintzy they, they like some of the they were just really cheap feeling for the most part but that's not why you bought it you bought it for the way maybe the exterior looked, but also just, just how it drove period right. um mercedes on the other hand has always had great interiors they've always been some of my favorite interiors i'm the mercedes guy i'm biased deal with it <laughs> um jack somewhere in between I think it's different enough where you could buy an XC and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And 10 years from now, when we're still recording this podcast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention the Jaguar XC is <laughs> as, as the car that didn't deserve the hate looking at, like, you know, with hindsight. Right. You know? Yeah. I do like those, too. But, like, why wouldn't you, I would just get a C-Class, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the thing with those cars. I don't know. If if you want to get one just to be different, that, you know, there's a legitimate, um, you know, legitimate argument for that. But Yeah. You know? So, yeah, Jaguar X-Type in a wagon, green, on tan, manual. I'd love it, man. That would be a great, like, just run around, beater car, throw all your stuff in it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. What's your next one? My next one is a decent follow-up to my last one. It's the uh, BMW 2 Series, the new one. So, the new M240i. Yeah. And I'll group the M2 in there as well, so I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Uh, but the 240i, I feel like people sort of reacted similarly to the M3, but not quite as badly because it's not as offensive It is the design. <laughs> 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 yeah. Kidney grills don't go all the way to the, to the splitter. Yeah. Um, but it's still a great car. An amazing car. Like, the 2 Series, here's the thing, right? With... Let's let's talk about the GT3 for a second, right? Okay. It's totally, seems like a total tangent, but bear with me. I'm trying my best to follow you here. <laughs> go, go for it. I trust you. People talk about the GT cars and how they're all way over sticker and they're way too expensive because, you know, the MSRP is what it is. But here's the thing with those cars. You can't get that experience anywhere else. Right. I think it's a similar story with the 2 Series. Okay. 2 Series is a little coupe. That's practical and gets decent fuel economy. Um, reasonably reliable, I think. is okay. decent at that, I think. Mm, uh, okay. <laughs> at least in the first 100,000 miles. Sure. Um, I don't know. I just, I've always loved the two series. The enthusiast community agrees with that. Yeah. Um, and now they're offering an X-Drive variant. So think about it like this, right? If you like the Supra... But you need something that's more practical. You've got somewhat usable back seats in the M two forty I and yep. now you've got X drive. So you can use that in the wintertime sure. no problem at all. Yeah. Um, so And it's literally it's the same it's the exact same drivetrain, isn't it? As it the Supra. It is, yeah. As the bigger
0: motor Supra, not the not the four cylinder right? Right, right, the yeah. straight six. Yeah.
1: Um Supra, I think that makes, what, 380 horsepower now? I, that sounds right. Um, I know in the beginning, BMW didn't let them unleash all the horsepower. <laughs> unleash all the German horses. Um, but yeah, the, the M240i makes similar power, 385 horsepower, whatever it is. Um, I am upset that it doesn't come with a manual. Yeah. Um, at least, I'm, I'm glad they offer it in the M2, at right. least. Yep. Um, but I think that the base car should have come with a manual, too. Yeah, because if you think of, like the purest, well because who who, you know who is the purest, and what would they buy because who who is still selling manuals right now as a brand new manufacturer it's pretty much just bmw and bmw is kind of shying away from it and porsche
0: right
1: porsche is doing it because they know they have customers that will buy it
0: can you get a mazda in a manual
1: yeah an mx5 there's there's a a handful of others but i'm talking about like you know performance high performance luxury. luxury yep okay right so um you know, the, the reason why Corvette, they got rid of the manual is because nobody was buying it. Yeah. And Porsche tried to get rid of it, right. and they brought it back because they had customers for it. Yep. They, um, they know how to make money. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, with the M240i, I feel like, I mean, they brought the manual into the Supra. Why wouldn't they do the same with the M240i? I sure. think there's a customer base for it. It's not like the wagon where they just don't sell well in the States. Right. And there's a reason why we don't get them. Right. People will buy them, so... The, people will buy them if it's in the right car? No, I'm saying, right? for, the, I'm saying for the M240i. For the M240i, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, I'm with you there. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think the 2 Series is a great car. Mm-hmm. It's not as pretty as the previous generation, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think the new M2 has gotten too much hate. I think it's a good-looking car. That might be a controversial opinion. See, I haven't seen that much hatred towards it, but maybe I'm in a little bit of a bubble, or maybe I haven't looked into it as deeply as you might have. I think just everybody is too quick to hate on BMW at this point. They don't have great design language lately, but, mm. like, I don't know. I, I I think after the M3, people have been a little too trigger-happy with BMW. Uh, that's
0: a good point. It's kind of like put a magnifying glass on all the other models and, yeah yeah as every new design gets revealed people will all, yeah exactly yep yeah yeah i'm with you there yeah so um yeah those are my my next i guess grouped cars <laughs> nice okay so um my next one is the mercedes-benz i gotta mention mercedes at least once uh, the mercedes-benz r-class oh good one the minivan yeah thing
1: they're cool. I would love an R sixty
0: three. The okay, so <laughs> the R sixty three is such a unicorn at this point. Where like I, I want to talk about it, but that I don't want that to be like the car that I'm I'm officially putting on the list. If they're I'm just instance, not right? out there. The three fifty and the five. So the the six cylinder and the eight eight cylinder, because you can get a V eight R class that isn't a sixty three. Um, they're so good. I mean, like, where else are you gonna get a luxury family? car
1: it's a van right it doesn't have the sliding doors but it's a van it
0: doesn't so it's like a crossover thing and you know how i feel about crossovers and suvs but it's actually practical um they drive really well it's in an era of mercedes that's not known for reliability so that definitely didn't help the car it's such a weird like in between quirky thing uh, a lot of people thought that it was just like a, a mercedes version of the chrysler pacifica which is another deep cut from the time like yeah. i don't know if you remember those oh yeah the, the first gen pacifica not like the those were the, the crossovers the, yeah, right? yeah yeah and that you know it doesn't have sliding doors you can get one in a 4 you can get one in you know what i mean It's they're so cool they had like the double sunroofs and it was just, like, it was just way ahead of its time yeah Minivans in general don't get a lot of love in from car enthusiasts so like if you're gonna get a minivan get a cool one get an R class sure yeah um, the r63 though is just an absolute monster
1: crazy makes no sense Rear wheel drive right um oh actually yeah <laughs> a rear-wheel drive yeah 6.2 liter v8 min- minivan yes basically
0: yes because I mean they did it in the M um, class at the time the ml 63 yep and the r class is on the ml platform it's obviously very different lowered and stretched um but yeah just it's insane it'll just do burnouts all day with your kids in the back seat
1: i love and all your
0: groceries and all your stuff (laughs) and a ski box and towing a trailer it does everything
1: yeah i love that era of uh german manufacturers right they're just all doing insane stuff AMG was putting V12s in their AMGs. <laughs> some of them. Um, um, yeah. BMW is putting V10s in their sedans. Yeah. Audi was putting V10. Lambo V10s the in the A6. Yeah, or yeah. that,
0: not the A6. The you know the it's, yeah exactly. Oh man. Yeah. Um, Cool car, cool area. You never see them. And when you do, they're just ruined. Yeah, People have destroyed them because it's a minivan and they load their kids in it and they have like crushed up Cheerios and M&Ms permanently ingrained into the carpeting. You'll never get it out. Yep. The dog's been sick in the back at least 45 times. That's never coming out. Ugh. The engines were not very reliable, especially, in the, you know, the 6.2 liters. Not great dependability cuz th- this is just the time for Mercedes they were going through some they were going through a phase. Yep. Um but again there's nothing else out there like them on the road. Well, right. And I was really advocating really hard for my wife to okay us buying one. Really? Like um, how recently when I bought my E-Class, I was actually looking at oh, R- really? for for an R-Class too. And there was one that I really wanted. Okay, yeah. it was on Facebook Marketplace. It, there was one that I really wanted. It looked super clean. It was silver, I mean, come on, Um, like decent mileage, like right around 100K, which is good for the, cause they've been around and people actually drive them. Um, And it it looked like it was in great shape. And I messaged the guy on Facebook Marketplace and he never got back to me. So I moved on, I bought my car. I literally, I was driving my car for like two, three weeks. And then he finally responds to my message on Facebook Marketplace. Like, hey bro, I didn't see this. Uh, Are you still interested in the car? And I'm just like, dude, come on. I would have bought it. That's frustrating. Man, it would have been so cool. Yeah, I'll get one someday. Someday. Next to your RX-8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great garage. Right? Yeah. You have the little sports car that nobody loves next to the minivan that nobody loves. Are we forming another five-car garage for Jude right now? Maybe. I would actually <laughs> buy all of the cars on my list.
1: Uh, one of them, actually, you might be buying soon, which you were telling me about yes. like, a little bit. We'll get to that. Recording. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm curious about it. He hasn't told me what that is. I know. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, I'll get to my next. Yeah, what's your next one? My next one is um, not a single car, but more of a category. I'm just going to say it. McLaren, in general, gets way too much flack. I, I guess I shouldn't okay, say Okay, fanboy. <laughs> okay. I know cool. we work for McLaren, but come on guys. Like McLarens are like we we say it all the time. The 720 objectively is one of the best supercars to ever come. It's out.
0: the best supercar you can get.
1: Like talk opinions aside, objectively it is. It just is. It's faster. It's one of the one of the other things that McLaren does best is the steering. Yeah. They have the best steering so in good. the game. Um I you know, I've driven we, like we've said before we've driven so many of these cars and nothing compares um i know mclaren doesn't have the best reputation for reliability um i think the way we've usually put it is that it's usually the loud few that give that bad reputation and keep in mind that there are plenty of other uh supercars and manufacturers that have had similar issues with you know dare I say it, thermal events. in even um, more so in a lot of cases. You know, like, but... remember the 458 came out. The plenty yeah. of those caught fire, GT3 RSs. Yep. Um, you know, it just is what it is. Um, I've driven so many of these cars. I've probably driven over 100 different McLarens at this point, and yep. I've never had an issue. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, driving them, I've driven them to Connecticut and back. Um, we've, I've been to a track day once, and I personally have never seen it. You know, I know I know some people have had issues. I'm not going to deny that, but people have issues with plenty of other McLaren, plenty of other um, exotic cars either. Exotic yeah. cars are just high strung, and that's the end of it. Right. So they're always going to have little niggles here and there. So I I don't think McLaren deserves to have the reputation that it's had. Okay. Um, and I do know that the 12C's in the beginning, a lot of those did have a lot of issues, but it was their first. Attempt at building a supercar so literally you, their first car what do you expect um and they've come a long way they have in 10 years so yeah that's i'm with you
0: 100 yeah. percent. and not again not just because i work here i work here because i like i like the brand um like every car unless it's a porsche and you know like to your point even some porsches have had some serious issues but because McLaren doesn't have the hundred-year history that some of these other brands have, and they don't have a hundred years worth of loyalists who will just blindly buy everything that they put out. And I'm really trying not to be super critical here of the other <laughs> brands, right? Because I love Ferraris, I love Porsches, I love old Lambos, um, <laughs> but like those cars are just as fragile, and in some cases more so. But nobody really... It won't stop you from buying a Ferrari. Right. It won't. Because it's a privilege to buy a Ferrari. Right? It won't stop you from buying a Porsche. Because Porsches are some of the best driving cars in the world. And they, and they have that brand presence. And they have that association. You know? And when you drop your... You know? When you drop your Ferrari key on the table at dinner. Right? The, you... There's, there's a certain, like, association that comes along with it, and you don't care that your Ferrari has literally cost you thousands of dollars just to be, like, kept together. Right? Right. Right. You'll complain about it, but it won't stop you from buying another one. Right. And it won't stop you from showing it off. Because of what it is. Because it has that association, because they've been around forever, and that's why. Right. So, give McLaren another 20, 30 years, people will be over it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, I think the other thing that I want to touch on what you said with loyalists. Yeah um, Like I said with the 12c, they started building road cars realistically in 2012 ten years ago, right? right? Um, so, you know with Ferrari and Lamborghini, they've been building road cars since the 60s, right? Um, so they have people who grew up wanting a Ferrari or wanting a Lamborghini and having that on their poster, but our customer like McLaren customers they didn't have that because they didn't build cars because they didn't then. exist. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean, everybody loved the F1, but that's just so unobtainable where it's like, right. It doesn't you can want it,
1: but unless you're a billionaire, you're not going right. to get one. So, you know, that's that's the other thing, too, is that they just haven't been around all that long building road cars. Yep. So, um, yeah, like you said, I think given another 10, 20 years, people will be over it. Right. But, yep. I just wanted to say that. McLaren is the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, cool. Totally unbiased.
0: Good. So. Um, my next one, and I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about first. I'll talk about the one that I, le- like, legitimately, when we were preparing for this episode, I thought of it. And then I was like, hmm, how much are those going for now? And I looked them up on CarGurus, and I was like, oh, my God, they're so cheap.
1: I legitimately, I legitimately might buy one um before you say it yeah give me like give me like two hints i want to see if i can guess it because i you told me it has a v8
0: you can get it in a v8 okay yeah and they used to cost like 60 plus thousand dollars
1: you said it's not a mercedes right
0: it's not a mercedes not this time <laughs> i have no idea it's a kia k900 a kia you can a get a kia with a v8 you can get a kia k900 um, from 2015 to 2017 that was the first generation that we got here in the u.s uh, it came out as a 2012 elsewhere in the world um, it was called the kia k9 in korea it was called the kia chorus with the cube for whatever reason in like dubai or whatever because they've sold them all over the world Um, But yeah, the Kia K900, you can get it in a V8, rear-wheel drive. It's like an S-Class type competitor. Not as refined as an S-Class, not as sporty as a 7 Series. So it's it's legitimately not as good as those cars. But at the time when it came out, you were getting a car that competed with an S-Class for base E-Class money. They're really, really good cars. Wow they're legitimately really good cars. And you can get one. I looked. the most expensive one for sale in the country right now is like 30 grand, just over 30 grand. Wow. And that's for like a 17 V8 with like decent miles for it, like 30, 40,000 miles is what I was seeing. Or like there's so many out there for less than 20 grand. There's a few out there for like 12 grand, <laughs> a little miley, but still. Yeah. So I, that car, we, so I worked for Kia at the time when it launched, I went to special Kia K900 training. I was the like certified premium specialist from my dealership, right? Cause they were making this big push from the economy into premium. And so they were, they were doing their best, man. <laughs> um, they made us buy like a pedestal for the car and like iPads and like I- iPad stands you know i had my little corner of the showroom where like there there was your kia k900 display right and we had one on display um eventually they they came out with the v6 then they refreshed the car i think in 2019 they've since discontinued it you can't get a new one now um the second generation looked way better they cleaned up the design because the the first generation was a little bit bubbly and it wasn't as it just wasn't current enough because the car had already been out for like three or four years everywhere else in the world before it launched here, so it was already kind of outdated in terms of looks. Um, but they it was their their first car where they actually paid attention to some driving dynamics and they like you know they really paid attention to um, like proportions and the experience of owning one. And I, you, you would not have the Stinger if they first didn't come out with a K900. You just wouldn't. Hmm. That kind of like laid the gra- groundwork for a Stinger eventually. So, I, again, I haven't really seriously thought of one for a little while because at the time when I worked there, like they were legitimately 60 grand plus. Um, I sold two of them <laughs> ever, right? Um nobody bought them like why would you buy one why would you buy a $60,000 Kia you know
1: right yeah only recently have people started to revere the Kia name right Not exactly it's revered but.
0: 2015 was way too soon yeah but it really did lay the groundwork like they went through a lot of pain and it was very expensive hmm. but we they you know they wouldn't have the Stinger I don't really think that you'd have Genesis as a brand without that either you know I mean, even though technically Genesis was spun off from Hyundai, it's, it's the same company.
1: Yeah. When did the the first Genesis sedan come out? Was that similar timing?
0: No, that was before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. the The second generation um, Hyundai Genesis uh, sedan came out when the K900 launched. Hmm. But the K900 was on the Equus platform. Right the equest we had for a few years before the k900 so that was even more dated and more age especially the interior is really plasticky like the k900 interior is really good it was i mean at the time i thought it was better than an audi interior and it was a6 money wow that's insane. Something. something the size and you know of an a8 you know yeah. what i mean so
1: wow i kind of want one <laughs> that's so left field dude like, i know i would never want to guess that never yeah. want to guess when you said v8 kia is completely off the table yeah it's a five liter v8
0: 420 horsepower rear wheel drive wow
1: it's really good are they reliable nope <laughs> <laughs> wait so they, they, were, they
0: were pretty good they were pretty good um w- way cheaper to keep on the road than any of the german equivalents really um and the, the people that were buying them, a lot of, you know, for the most part were people switching over from, like, Japanese premium brands or from Lexus, uh, Acura, Infiniti, because mm-hmm. I feel like those folks who were a little more open-minded, oh, definitely. you know, if you had $60,000 to spend on a luxury sedan, you would just go get an E-Class or a 5 Series, right, at the time. So, that, that that's what the issue was. I don't think it deserved the hate that it got. I think it deserved way more attention than it got because so many people forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would. I would legitimately like. I'm gonna like start looking for one around fifteen grand.
1: <laughs> would you want? You said that the second gen was, or at least ref, the refreshed one, the, looked a lot better. So would you? It did. Much prefer that if you're I seriously would,
0: shopping. I would, but I don't know that it was. I don't care about the looks of the car at this point. I don't because the first generation at. At this stage because we're so far removed like it's okay that it's a little ugly you know <laughs> I, I think um
1: do you have any pictures up right now that I can uh
0: see? yes i do so there you go so this is first oh. generation
1: oh yeah the first generation kind of looks
0: and then cheap. right below this is the second generation in the same color
1: the second gen kind of reminds me of, wow 2020 how did I not know this existed?
0: 2019, they refreshed it. Yeah.
1: Wow. They didn't. Okay.
0: They didn't sell any of them. The second generation was the same twin turbo V6 that they put in the Stinger, so it was like 360 horsepower. Okay. So not as much power as the V8, but it made way more sense, and it was it was a much more refined drivetrain because that was the same five liter like tau I think V8 tau T A W T A U sorry V8 that they put in everything forever, um, especially you know on the Hyundai side, but. Yeah, so you could actually get uh, starting with 2019 after the refresh, you can get a V6 with all-wheel drive, which is really the way that they should have launched the car. And again, this is going back to going back to the um, Jaguar S-type too. You can't launch a premium luxury car in North America and compete unless you have all-wheel drive. Yeah, but anyway, wow. Um, yeah, the 2019. There's, I'm looking at a 2020 right now with 6,800 miles, $39,000. That's more than I want to spend. I wouldn't even bother. Yeah, I'd get a 2015 for. I don't know, 15 grand, 18 grand, 20 grand, <laughs>
1: something like that. Wow. Like I said, that is so left field. I never would have expected that. I'm all fired up about it now. I really <laughs> I love know, it. I, I can't wait for this podcast episode to be done so can I can be looking. Can you believe Mr. Mercedes really is dying to buy a Kia? I've had
0: so many Kias though. <laughs> like I I worked for a Kia. I've had so many Kias. I've yeah. liked every Kia that I've driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, wait. I've liked every Kia that I've owned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, wow. but yeah good one i think that also um ties into like a similar story to mclaren where like it doesn't have loyalists right so like kia like you said it hasn't like we've said hasn't been this brand that people want for very long right it's very recent i mean they've been doing well for a while but people haven't noticed until very recently um and like like you were saying like who's gonna why wouldn't you just buy an E-Class or, or a 5 Series? Right. And I think a lot of people did because they saw their neighbors driving it. And they're like, oh, I want one of those. But yeah. They don't know that... I mean, I didn't know that Kia built something like that. So they probably didn't even know it existed. Right. Um, so. we, we've been hearing... And this is from somebody
0: who worked for Kia. I started there in 2013. 2012. 2012, I started at Kia and for, even from the day that i started all i ever heard on the internet and from people that came into buy cars they all said wow kia's come a long way it's 10 years later and people still say wow kia's come a long way like it's a surprise <laughs> like they've it takes, been it takes a long time to build that reputation it does one thing that Kia and, and Hyundai and, and with the Genesis brand, they've done really, really well as they've targeted the younger demographic with their marketing. Um, like even thinking back to like the Kia Soul hamster commercials. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, I
1: loved those.
0: They push really hard into sports. So advertising like through the, the NBA, really targeting younger buyers um, because they knew that if you can get the younger people on board, even people who aren't driving yet, And give them a positive association with the brand when they do become of age and they're able to buy a car that's when you get them younger people care way less about the kia spectra than somebody who's 50 60 years old does that 50 60 year old person will still buy a a k5 or a sorrento or telluride or something and these are all great cars by the way um someone like that age will still buy one but in the back of their mind they'll be driving down the road like two years into their lease thinking well key has come a long way like legitimately every single day that they get in the car meanwhile a young person who's there in, in their 20s will get it and want to like oh man this is so cool right yeah this car drives really well hey did you know that albert bierman developed the chassis for this one you know what i mean <laughs> like this right, is yeah. re-
1: it's 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 really different yeah it was really smart of them to do that to market towards younger people knowing that they they're gonna be buyers someday, and they're gonna influence. Even yep. they can even influence the current buyers. Right. You know? Exactly. So it is a long game. Yeah. That.
0: Can you imagine that people are paying over sticker for an electric Kia right now?
1: If you told that to somebody ten years ago, they'd say like you've lost your mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I leased my electric Kia for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I did the math of like what it cost me to lease it. And how much free charging I had, and how many miles I drove. I legitimately for a, for a while I was driving for free until the free charging ran out. That's a whole different thing. Um, I bet. You and wish now you people could do are, that with an EV six. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know, right? But I was talking to my buddy who who has. I, I saw his EV six. I went out for a rip with him uh, last week. It was so much fun, you know. And we were just talking about it, and, and he worked for Kia too at one at one time. And we were both like, "Man, this is insane! Like people are paying ten grand over plus." You know, for a car that's already pretty pricey. Right. You know, for a car that's already more money than that K900 was when it was new just, you know, seven years ago at
1: this point. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's, that's Kia. That's a good one. I'm curious to see if you'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your next one? My next one is another group. It's a brand. Um, it's Tesla. I think, so... This, this, is, is, this isn't, for those of
0: you listening, this isn't an editing error. I legitimately, I stopped, like, mid-bringing my drink up to my face, like, whoop.
1: So, my thing here is is more aimed at enthusiasts and okay. their hate towards the Tesla brand. Tesla has sort of arguably pioneered... The EV industry in the past In recent times This is breaking my brain I need a moment Okay, okay Talk right. Talk i go, go 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 um, And I think A lot of enthusiasts Have pushed back At EVs Because we don't want It to happen And it's scary And we want to hang on To our combustion engines um, And Tesla Because they were the first That was the kind of First group That we all Just kind of pushed back at And we're like No Like We don't like this And it was Frustrating to a lot of enthusiasts to see that okay, like they're actually more efficient and faster than our combustion engine cars Um, so I Think that Tesla gets a lot of hate from the enthusiast community and that needs to stop and I I will say that I was guilty of that a little bit Okay, Um, I Also want to say that half of it is the Tesla owners fault Just half (laughs) the owner community is the other half Elon Musk Okay, <laughs> <It's> like single handedly. <laughs> um, just because you know, if, if every Tesla owner it seems like is their first thing is like, oh well, my my car is faster than your McLaren. What's the point of buying a McLaren? They just don't understand. Um, so that's part of it. But I think Tesla gets a little too much flack from the enthusiast community, and needs okay. to just embrace it and be like, you know, like I've never. Here's the other thing: I've never driven a Tesla, so maybe they're just. I, I don't know. From what I've heard, they're great cars, but. Maybe they're crap. I don't know, um, but I think that they are great cars. They're plenty fast. The Model Three is at a more attainable price point, and the the Plaid is one of the fastest cars you can buy. Insane, yeah.
0: So doesn't stop, but that's a different thing.
1: Have I given you enough time? To yes. Move? So the <laughs> the thing that threw me
0: off is I've never thought of Tesla as a brand that's like that gets too much hate. Because when I think of Tesla, I, literally, I think of all the Tesla fanboys that have the Tesla hat and the Tesla keychain and they follow Elon Musk and retweet all of his, air quotes, genius ideas. Um, I don't want to turn this into a political thing, <laughs> but I, I like Teslas. I really do. I'm a big fan of electric cars. I've said it before on the podcast. If you're going to buy a car and you're the average person, get an electric car. That's what you need to be driving. If you don't Whoa. have to have a car, don't buy a car at all. Ride the bus. Take public transportation. This is my. This is how I think, right? I've never thought of Tesla as a brand that was like, got too much hate. And then I realized that you're right.
1: It gets a lot of hate. But from a particular group.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, no. So, yeah, but no. So, not just one group, though. I mean, te- I, now that I'm thinking about it, like, older people that aren't quite on board or just people who aren't open-minded to evs in general will just say oh, tesla's garbage my mustang does whatever you know what i mean yeah so and, and i'm you know you don't have to be an enthusiast to own a mustang that's my whole point right so
1: yeah i think i think the enthusiast community is starting to open up in the past couple of years to evs just mm-hmm. generally and i think that's
0: i think that's because other brands have done a lot of work to do that i don't know if that's necessarily to tesla's credit
1: right i agree with that i yeah
0: and i don't think and i think you made a good point i don't think it's tesla's fault i think it's tesla owners who are way just too full of themselves yeah you know i and i have nothing against people who own a tesla like i would have no problem owning one unless you're that guy don't be that guy (laughs) you're not that guy pal
1: Trust me, you're not that guy.
0: That's an old meme, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so, man, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, sort of. It's it's like sort of spinning this category into a different yeah perspective. Man, yeah,
0: it just completely threw me off. Yeah, which is and great.
1: It's so funny, like Tesla. You have such this like such a picture of what Tesla owners are like, and. Like whenever my friends bring up, oh, i like my dream car is a Tesla. My gut reaction is like, oh no, like you must not like cars. Yeah, there's so yeah. many other better cars. <laughs> um, I think I need to stop doing that a little bit. Sure. Like, I, you know, I try. to... Like, that try comes with time. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I like, I really like them. Um, and they I mean, have Tesla's their issues. A, they do. To,
1: like their build quality. Like, I, I don't know if that's improved. I'm, nope. No.
0: Not at all. Okay. Um... You know, and they're, they're problematic just generally as a brand too. I mean, and again, I, I don't want to get into like the politics of it really. Maybe we can on a different episode with that <laughs> disclaimer. Um, but yeah, that's it, they've done so much. They've contributed so much to the just adoption of electric vehicles. They really have, and you have to give them credit for that. And there are some things that they do really, really well, way better than anybody else. Just the, as simple as it is, just the idea of like, okay, we're going to sell a car and we're going to roll out the electric charging infrastructure to back it up at the same time. You know, instead of relying on third parties to get their acts together with their charging networks, you know, because it's so fragmented outside of the Tesla Supercharger. Right. Um, so yeah, you have to give them credit where it's due. Definitely. Yeah. Man. Okay. Cool. What do you got? My last one. Maserati Gran Turismo.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> you had to know it was coming, man. I really should have
0: seen that coming. Come on. on. Wow. I, I got to bring it up at least once every <laughs> podcast episode. And I gave you a sneak peek earlier when I brought it up talking about back seats.
1: Oh, that's right. That's a right. little nugget. Sneaky, sneaky.
0: Um, Maserati Gran Turismo. I don't really have to say a lot about it because I've talked about it so much already in this <laughs> podcast. Um, great car. I, lots of hate. Lots of hate from who? From everybody. <laughs> what do you mean? I, like, I, I feel I like have people a very like tunnel vision with you, this because yeah. you and
1: I love terrible cars, so yeah. There's that part of it. But.
0: There, there are so many objectively better cars in that price point that you can get sports cars, but none of them have the same passion i mean i can't joie de vivre. if you're gonna say it in french you know um the same gusto the same like uh, i don't know the same character as that car it's designed by Pininfarina. and farina it's got a ferrari engine it's scientifically proven to be an aphrodisiac like <laughs> it's such a great car bargain for the money, right, for the amount of car that you're getting. It gets a lot of hate. It does. Um, some of it's well-deserved because they're really not reliable cars at all. But on the other hand, like you have to think about, like, what am I getting? I'm getting an Italian sports car. And there's really nothing in that category, at least here in the U.S., that you can get, like, that hits all those boxes. It's got to be a
1: Maserati, right? Really. It says Pininfarino on the side. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
0: You know, it's a baby Ferrari. It is. Uh, and it has a lot of the same reliability issues that a uh, grown-up uh, grown-up Ferrari. But like you know what I mean? What's the difference between that and California, right? They're gonna have the same the build quality is issues, and for because of what you're spending on it, I, I think you know, yeah. you know, w- would you spend double, triple in some cases for uh, the Ferrari counterpart to this car, and then still have the same cost of ownership, <laughs> you know? and i get i'm not arguing against getting a ferrari i would i would buy, you know if i had 200 grand and i wanted to buy you know a, a ferrari california t i i would yeah I, I i like them um but like you can get like i've said so many times before you can get a, for 30 grand you for yeah. 30 grand you can get a nice early generation gran turismo
1: it's it's a ferrari with a muscle car undertone yeah and it's a ferrari with a much lower barrier to entry. Yes. What's weird about that car, which we've talked about before, is that there, you can get one at so many different price points. You yes. can buy one for 30 grand. You can buy one for 150 grand. Yes. They're, like what?
0: As we've talked about on our previous episodes, please listen to our previous list episodes where I brought up Maserati Grand Treatment every single time. But yeah, <laughs> it, it checks so many boxes and it fits in so many different categories. I love them. I'm going to buy one. You better. After my uh, K900. <laughs> um, and on that note, <laughs> I think that concludes our list of 10 cars that don't deserve the hate. I have one more. You have
1: one more? Yeah, because I, I don't think we got through my five.
0: Oh. Yeah. Shoot, I thought
1: you already hit all five. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I got one more. What's, okay. I got one more. Well, I'm sorry. That's another BMW? I'm not surprised. <laughs> Can you guess which one it is? Uh...
0: I don't know. Is it a V10 M5? No. No?
1: It's an i8. (gasps) Whoa! Yeah. Dude, you're blowing my mind tonight. Like, yeah, it it just, it didn't get a very good reception because of the powertrain. That's really the best way to sum it up.
0: I think there's a big disconnect between how it looks and how it drives. Definitely.
1: Definitely. And the other thing that really doesn't help it is the people that buy it typically are the people that, really want a supercar but can't afford one so they get one of them and then just trick it out in the most horrible way possible. Oh my god me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to think of it, right? It's it's like a, a somewhat quick economy car that looks like a futuristic concept supercar. I I like them. I think they're cool, but like when I see them, maybe it's just cuz of where we work, but I'm just like, "meh." there
0: there is there is a there is a disconnect between how it looks and how it drives there really is like how many other cars in that hundred thousand sub hundred thousand actually in in some cases you can get one for less than 100 grand
1: oh you could Um, easily get
0: one for like 60 grand sure yeah how many other of those cars look that way in that price bracket yeah so it's got really high expectations because your first impression is that it's gonna you know even sound like a supercar and it doesn't
1: yeah, huh? The only the only thing is, it makes sense I think if you're gonna buy a used one. Right. I'm looking at Car and Driver's website right now. Um, Wait, can you still get a new one? Uh, it's 2020, so uh, you can't okay. get one right. anymore.
0: But like, why wouldn't you get like a 2015, 2016? Right?
1: right, right. But I'm saying, why would you pay a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for an I eight? Can you? There are so many other cars.
0: You can get a Tesla Model S Plaid. Yeah. Like if you want to be futuristic and high tech and and you know get into EVs, you can get a Model
1: S Plaid. There's so much you can do with 150 grand instead of buy a very impractical uh Prius. I th- <laughs> You're not helping here. I know I'm, I'm just realizing I'm not helping at all. Um uh, I like how they look. That's the problem like like you said it well it's there's a very big disconnect between the way it looks and the way it drives and yeah. a lot of people can't wrap their head around it and I I'm, yeah. I'm clearly like as I'm displaying it right now I'm struggling to wrap my head around it I still continue to do that. Uh, if you if you drive it, right, without the
0: expectation that it's going to I mean think of something from that time like if if it's not going to feel like a McLaren 650S or a Ferrari 458, right? It's good. It's a good car. It's fun. It's interesting. You know, it's got the deep sill. It's got the doors that go up. The interior is actually pretty cool. Um, They don't sound great, but that's okay. Like, so if you go into a not expecting a supercar drive, like to your point, like if you want a really good economy car, something that's, you know, decent for cruising, it's not like the most exciting car to drive. But yeah, it's just that disconnect, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, when Top Gear tested it, Jeremy Clarkson. It was around the time when the okay. F80 M3 came out as well. Okay. So he tested tested the i8 and then drove the M3. And then at the end of the test, he he said, if I have to pick one, I have to pick one to drive home. And he picked the i8. Mm-hmm. But later, like, you know... You know back in the studio. Right, back to the studio. Um, Richard was like, really? You have the i8? He's like, no, I'd have the M3. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, maybe that's. I feel like that sums it up for me. So maybe this doesn't belong on my list. Maybe I agree. I that think it gets... does. I think it belongs. Yeah, I think it does. Okay. Because I'm, I'm
0: thinking about it more now. Yeah. i I've, we've I mean, sold them. We've had them. We've sold them. We have. And yeah. I've
1: recommended that people buy them. I, I think I stand by that. It's, it's an okay car. I I'm I think I'm after talking about it. I'm gonna take it off my list. I'm gonna put it on mine. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way
0: to end it. Because, <laughs> like, like, what else looks like that at that price point? That's nothing else looks that way. Maserati doesn't look that it's way. It's different. But... Maserati looks better. Pininfarina. Yeah. Um, but no, there is nothing else with that presence. That's and valid. I think part of the bad rap, where it's like, Kind of perceived as a poser car almost to your point. Like somebody who wants a supercar but can't afford one. But that's like literally everybody. Everybody wants a supercar that can't afford one. So it's making that accessible. I think on our very first episode... I don't remember which car we were talking about. Probably the Ionic, maybe. I said something along the lines of like good design needs to be accessible. Yes, the Ionic. And people who buy normal cars need to um, have the ability to experience good design Uh, i think the i8 is a really good example of good design and by making that accessible to people who don't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars to spend on a supercar i think that's good
1: it is one of the few cars that i can think of where the final version doesn't look all that different from the concept oh yeah that's a good point so that, it looks
0: like a concept that says a lot period like now it's it a does, yeah. like if, if a car company came out as like here's our concept and they was just like a 2015 i8
1: you'd be like wow yeah <laughs> yeah and they're never gonna build that <laughs> <laughs> right but they did
0: yeah man that's a good one yeah i'm, I'm keeping it on my list
1: All Right, good for you <laughs>
0: And on that note, <laughs> on that note,
1: thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's another long one, a little over an hour, but um, thank you again for listening. Um, follow us on socials at Elevens Podcast. Our personal Instagrams are also in the show notes. Yep. You can message us and talk to us and do whatever. And let us know what you think you'd like to hear us talk about next. Um,
0: what car do you think gets more hate than it deserves? Let us know. Especially if it's not one that we mentioned today. If we miss something. Right. Yeah. Nice to hear. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>